to Psalms 128. Psalms 128 and verse 3. The Bible says, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children, like olive plants, round about thy table. Let's ask the Lord to bless our evening service. Father, um, anoint me with your power. Help me to convey the truth as clearly as possible. Um, Thank you for those that have been faithful to be out tonight. Bless us, I pray, in this service, in thy name, amen. How many of you would like to see your children, grandchildren, turn out with the same convictions and beliefs that you have and our church family turn out the next generation with the same convictions and beliefs that you have and that we have as a church? I'm sure we all would say a hearty amen to that. Yeah, that's what I want. We want them to be chips off of the old block. This verse, Psalm 128.3, says, Children like olive plants round about thy table. The olive tree is an unusual tree. Um, You can see a whole grove of olive trees, and it's all the same tree. The first tree started, grew out roots, sent up shoots. Those exactly like the parent tree, and those next ones send out roots, and shoots go up exactly like the parent tree. That's what we want. Children like olive plants, made of the same stuff that we're made of, believing the same things that we believe. Believe in the inspiration of Scripture, that there's one God and only one, the virgin birth of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, that there's only one way to be saved, and that they stand against gay marriage, abortion, the homosexual lifestyle, socialism, communism, big government, entitlement mentality, big bang, millions of years, evolution, and they stand for the biblical account of creation personal relationship with the Lord, small government, personal responsibility, freedom of religion. How do we accomplish that in ensuring that our next generation are chips off of the old block and believe the same things that we believe? Got my wife's glasses on. I can't see anything out there. (laughs) Turn to 1 Chronicles 12.32. 1 
1 Chronicles 12.32. And the children of Issachar, the Bible says, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their command, commandment. Understanding of the times. Do we really understand what's going on in our nation, in our world? America has been the greatest nation, Christian nation, on earth. Even now, we have more churches, more seminaries, more Christian colleges, uh, more Christian high schools, more Christian bookstores, more Christian TV and radio stations than any other nation on the face of this earth. But for all that, would you say that we as a nation are more getting more Christian or less? Yeah. How is that? Somehow, we're not reaching our culture. Who would have guessed 50 years ago that we would have such issues as abortion, gay marriage, relations, or regulations, rather, against nativity scenes and the Ten Commandments and the Bible, all thrown out of the public square and out of our schools, the Bible removed and God thrown out of the science classes? Our nation has changed big time. A humanist group posted one of Obama's quotes from his autobiography saying, whatever we once were, we are no longer just a Christian nation. We are also a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, a Hindu nation, and a nation of non-believers. Pretty sad, isn't it? America no longer a Christian nation. Even great changes have happened, sad to say, in the church. 95% of all kids who go to public schools, or 95% of Christian kids go to public schools. That's incredible to me, but that's the case. People just don't see the necessity of stabilizing their children and protecting them from what's out there. And consequently, they're falling prey to a lot of it. Barna Research found when kids were asked, these are Christian kids in Christian schools, were asked to estimate the likelihood that they would continue to participate in church life once they are living out on their own. Only one in three said, yeah, that'll be me. 30% said, yeah, I intend to continue to go to church. 70% said they would walk away from the church. Barna also said that among... 16 to 29-year-old young people, 
their findings show that this new generation was more skeptical of and resistant to Christianity than were people the same age just 10 years ago. We're losing ground. So why is the church not touching the culture? I'm afraid the culture has gotten into the church. Yeah. Jesus, in talking to Nicodemus in John 3.12, said, If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall you believe how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? If you don't believe the earthly things, then how can you possibly believe the heavenly things? What are the earthly things? Creation. The first 11 chapters of Genesis. If you don't believe that, why do you believe John 3.16? Well, we say to our kids, don't worry about that, you know. Um, just trust Jesus as your Savior. That part of the Bible we believe in. That other part, well, we don't know quite what to do with that. <clears throat> If you don't believe the scripture that says about, uh, about this earth and creation in Genesis 1 through 11, how will you believe what it says about spiritual things and salvation? 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There, are a, or there is a series of books called the New Answers books put out by uh, Answers in Genesis. There are four of these books. I just brought one with me. And this book has in it um, 30 commonly asked questions, uh, 27 commonly asked questions, uh, and the answers for you as a Christian. I recommend that you buy this set and for part of your family devotions, you take one of those questions each day or, or at least once a week and read through that passage and school yourself and your children in what the Bible says about answering that question. Here's some of the questions I'll read to you. Um, is there really a God? Secondly, why shouldn't Christians accept millions of years? They're going to be bombarded with this everywhere they go. Millions and millions of years. Couldn't God have used evolution? Don't creationists deny the laws of nature? What about the gap theory? Who was Cain's wife? Who did he marry? There are good answers for these questions. You should know them. I would recommend 
educating yourself so you, in turn, can educate your own children. <clears throat> we are to be prepared always to give an answer to every man for the hope that's in us. We must be ready to answer the skeptical questions of our day, both earthly, dealing with creation and the flood, and spiritual, dealing with salvation by grace through faith. Our churches are not preparing our people to defend their faith. Often, we, the parents, don't know the answers to these questions. So how can we possibly teach them to our children? Questions like, was there a one wor or a whole world flood? How did Noah get all those animals on that ark? Where did Cain get his wife? What about, what, about the, what about the races? Where did that come from? What about the dinosaurs? Where did they go? What about carbon dating? For many of us, we shrug it off and say, what difference does it make as long as God did it? But if we can't accept the authority of God's word in Genesis 1 through 11 which talks about the creation and the flood, then why accept his word about salvation? The foundational concepts for everything else in scripture occurs in those first 11 chapters of Genesis. <clears throat> the geologic, the biologic, the anthropologic, the astronomic history of our universe, um, where life came from, Fossils are all dealt with in those first 11 chapters. We need to know that and we need to believe it. Spiritually speaking, the creation um, tells us about our purpose here on the earth. Tells about the fall, the death of man, the entrance of sin, the provision of a covering by the death of an innocent lamb all dealt with in those first 11 chapters of Genesis. We can't discard those. <clears throat> but we live in an era where secular thinking is promoted, the Learning Channel, the Discovery Channel, NOVA, the public schools, state universities, zoos, parks, museums. You can't get away from it. It's everywhere. Evolution, millions and billions. <clears throat> These exert tremendous influence in the lives of us and our children. The secular thinking permeates our minds with, no, let's don't accept that ridiculous biblical account. Rather, geology with millions of years, it's been proven. And the fossil record in the rock strata it's all right there in biology, not creation, but evolution of one kind of animal turning into another. And anthropology with some ape man turning into a human being. The creation account in Genesis 1 through 11 just must not be true. The Big Bang 
and the sun came, the scientist says, before earth. The Bible says earth came before the sun. The Bible must have it all wrong. This is what our kids are being taught. And is it any wonder they're leaving the church? I mean, if you can't trust the first 11 chapters in Scripture, why should you trust the rest? This book, the Bible, are the, is the words of God. And if we disregard part of it, then we believe Jesus, then how can we believe Jesus and the resurrection? Now, these words are all from God, as it is written, and must be accepted in its entirety. This includes the feeding of 5,000, actually probably more like 20,000. Yeah, with three loaves, two small fishes, walking on water. You're going to accept that? lost my place oh Joshua or Jonah being swallowed by the big fish whoever heard of that all are God's words and to be accepted as written but most of our churches in our country compromise with the millions of years the big bang evolution and they shrug it off with well all that really doesn't matter, but little Johnny and little Susie, just trust Jesus as your Savior. Now, I'm for that, but how can you single that part out and reject other parts? The whole account in Genesis is foundational to the rest of the Bible. Reject that, and you might as well throw out the Bible. Jesus, when asked about marriage in Matthew 19.4, he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Here Jesus himself quotes from Genesis 1.27 and Genesis 2.24, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Jesus believed it. Yeah. He took it as the truth. So here we have the foundation for marriage just in the first two chapters of Genesis. One man, one woman, for one lifetime. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. But if you reject the authority of God's word in Genesis 1 through 11, then what is marriage? Yes, it's anything you want to make it. Two men, two women, or some other combination. Many of the churches are saying that Genesis 1 through 11 is not really that important. Then answer this. Why are we all sinners? 
That's dealt with in Genesis 1 through 11. Why is there death and pain and suffering in the world? Genesis 1 through 11. Why do we wear clothes? Genesis 1 through 11. Why do we need a new heaven and a new earth? Genesis 1 through 11. Why do we have a seven-day week? Genesis 1 through 11. Who is the first Adam? Why is Jesus called the second Adam? Genesis 1 through 11. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Genesis 1 through 11. Do you think Genesis 1 through 11 is important? It's foundational. When you personally or your church does not take a clear stand on Genesis 1 through 11 and say, well, it may be millions of years. Well, God may have used the Big Bang. God may have used evolution. To say such things is to refute the clear history of creation and the universe, and you've just undermined the authority of God's word. When we take it on ourselves to reinterpret Genesis 1 through 11 based on what pseudoscientists are saying, then what happens with the resurrection of Jesus when scientists say that could never happen? No man ever died and rose from the grave. Science has never shown that there could be a virgin birth. So we better reinterpret that. Oh, no, you say, we can't, we can't take that out. We got to take that as it's written. But over here in Genesis, where it says creation occurred in six days, we say, well, we just have to reinterpret that with the big bang millions of years in evolution. You've just undermined the authority of God's words. This is a problem. Where our kids are being taught in public schools, national parks, zoos, and TV that the Big Bang millions of years in evolution is how it really happened, and the church bends over backwards to accommodate this foolishness with the day-age theory, the gap theory, and says... Oh, don't worry about that, little Johnny. Just trust Jesus as your Savior. Don't misinterpret that last phrase. I believe in trusting Jesus as your Savior. I just don't believe in disqualifying the whole Bible by rejecting Genesis 1 through 11. <clears throat> Now, does that mean that if you don't believe in a young earth and six literal days of creation and reject the Big Bang, you can't be saved? No, it doesn't mean that. But don't be surprised when your kids walk away from the Bible when they see, when they see your inconsistency. Yeah. Well, what does the Bible say then about salvation? It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, 
and reject evolution and believe in a young earth, you'll be saved. Is that what it says? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, it's faith in Christ that saves you. You can still be saved and believe that other nonsense. But you say, well, if that's the case, I guess it really doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It matters a lot because you know who it does affect. It affects your children and others because it undermines the authority of Scripture from which you get the very message of salvation that you're wanting them to accept. So if you present your children with a mixed bag and open the door just a little ways and say, well, we believe this part, but we reject this other part, don't be surprised then when they push that door wide open yeah, and walk away from it all. Research showed that of the people who were raised going to conservative fundamental churches and are now in the age bracket 20 to 29 years old and have left the church, that group of people were, was asked when, when they started doubting the Bible and the church. Most of the people, most of us, I think, would guess, well, it's probably when they went off to a state university. Those people answered that question. They said, I started having mixed emotions about it when I was in high school. 44% said that. 40% said, I started questioning it when I was in middle school. Only 10% said it was when they went off to college. So the damage had all, 80 to 90% of the damage had already been done before they ever went off to college. These kids are so overexposed to big bang millions of years in evolution, even in kindergarten and in the public schools, TV and cartoons, that their doubts arise very young. And the church says to them, okay, you can believe in millions of years and evolution, and we don't know quite what to do with the dinosaurs, but little Johnny and little Susie, trust Jesus as your Savior. Tragically, research has shown that if kids attend Sunday school, they actually answer um, important issues worse than kids that never go to church. Incredible. On the abortion issue as to whether it should be legal, Sunday school kids said, 45% of them, no, it shouldn't be. The non-church kids, 55% said, no, that shouldn't be. Uh, premarital sex, Sunday school kids, 41% said no, shouldn't be. Um, the non-church kids, 45% said no. When asked what made them doubt, the young earth thing was a big deal. 
uh, 30% of the Sunday school kids said, yeah, that's what I struggle with. I just can't believe all the science is out there. I can't believe this all came about in six days. Uh, only 18% of the non-church kids struggled with that. Let's face it, the age of the earth is a big issue. But our kids now have been taught to defend that or, or, or our kids need to be taught how to defend it. But that issue has been relegated to the public schools. Ask any Sunday school teacher if she teaches biology or geology or anthropology or astronomy, and they'll say, well, no. So where do these kids go to be taught these subjects? Well, 95% of our Christian kids go to the public schools, so that's where they learn it. <clears throat> that's where they learn in geology that it took millions of years for these rock strata to be laid down. And in biology, that evolution was able to develop over the millions of years the new species. And astronomy, the Big Bang, and man to apes in anthropology. So the church gives up and has given up this part of their education to the public schools where 95% of Christian kids go and instead in our Sunday school we teach Bible stories but they learn real history and real geology and real biology in the public school. And they conclude, the church just teaches this mystical spiritual stuff and some morals, but the real scientific things we learn at the public schools. They struggle with, and they're, they'll be asked these questions, especially at a public school. You know, how did Noah get all those animals on the ark? And in our Sunday school, we show cute little arcs, bathtub figures with animals hanging out the windows. Why not teach them what the ark was really like? It was a monstrous ship, plenty of room. It's dangerous to show these kids this kind of stuff. <clears throat> And furthermore, we need to teach them he didn't have to bring all the animals on the ark. Just two of the dog kind, one pink and one blue, two of the cat kind, two of the bovine or cow kind, and explain that God had incorporated abundant genetic information in those that pair. When they came off of the ark, they could reproduce, and natural selection would produce a, ver a great varieties 
of dog family kind. Foxes, coyotes, wolves, dingoes. All that genetic information was in there. It was just selected out in different groups. No mutations. No evolution. <clears throat> and from the kitty cats came lions and tigers and leopards that we have today. This isn't evolution. It's just a sorting out of combinations of genetic information already there. Nothing new. So there's plenty of room on the ark and room to spare for people that could have gotten on. Do you realize that after the animals got on, the ark sat there for seven days, the door wide open, waiting for people to get in. And they didn't. That was too foolish. Our scientific minds are above all this. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. But, folks, we have got to pick up the ball and run with it. Um, we've got to educate our people and our kids so that they have an answer when the questions arise. Um, take your kids to Creation Museum, to the Ark Encounter. Go in their bookstore. Get a bunch of material, DVDs, books. Make it part of your family devotions where you're teaching your kids to be chips off of the old block. Believe what you do. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Help us to cling to it every word from cover to cover. Thank you for this time we've been able to spend together. Pray in thy name, amen.